It's the internet, you're busy, let's do this. Welcome to the Games Beat Decides podcast. This is the podcast where we decide everything happening in the world of video games so you don't have to think for yourself. I'm your host, Jeffrey Grubb, and with me is... Mike Minotti. In today's episode, we have some news, we have some grotesqueries, and we have some games. Lots of games in December. It is It is happening. What, Mike? You curious about the grotesqueries? You know yeah, what they are. And this week, finally, it's not you. Oh, good. That's, that's all that matters. Finally. As long as I'm not responsible. <laughs> First, though, I want to thank everybody for joining us. You can get more from me and Mike at GameSpeed.com. If you have something to share with us, you can email the podcast at GamesPlusPodcast at VentureBeat.com. That's the plus sign. Or get us on Twitter at GBDecides for the, for the podcast itself. Or at GamesBeat if you just want to yell at the website. If you are uh, listening to this on the website, if you're on the uh, on our uh, webpage and you're pressing the play button there, you can subscribe to this. We have like an RSS feed that should the link should be right there. We are also on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Stitcher, and everywhere where pods are caught. And if you like the show, rate us on Apple Podcasts because it, it does help people find it. All right, Mike. So uh, I don't like playing games this time of year. How about you? I mean, I like playing games. I mean, I like I like. I mean, it gets cr- it gets nuts. It's busy. Yeah, it's not just it's not just that. It's like I'm playing a bunch of games that I I think I really like, but in my head, I am always always comparing them to the ten games I have on my list for uh, game of the year already. And I'm like, do I like this as much as any of those? And it's kind of not a great. It, it, it certainly isn't a July problem that you have. Huh? Exactly. Yes. Yeah. It's it's a thing that just kind of pops up in December, and it's like. Uh, okay, but I mean, I, I am playing some games I'm I, I'm liking. Um, I think you're playing one as well, so we should, we should, we, let's start there. Uh, Astrobot, hey, you, oh you've been playing gosh. that. You, uh, how'd you come across that? How'd you? Because you, you weren't big on VR, so I never no, thought you were going to get a I've VR been, headset. I've been a VR negative Nancy for quite a while now, <laughs> haven't I? I? And it's worked. It's worked out just fine for you, I think. Yeah, it was, it was all right. Well, I was like, yeah, you know, I'm going to. Uh, wait like a generation or two for this thing, whatever. Uh, but then Astrobot was the first VR game I was hearing about. Like, aside from maybe Star Trek, maybe even that was like, oh, it's Star Trek, so I'm interested. But this was like, everyone's going nuts about this, and it's a like 3D platformer, which I like. So I was kind of a bit more interested. And then I actually got a PlayStation VR in that game for my birthday recently. So, and I like put it in, and yeah, it's pretty freaking incredible. It's super fun and super delightful. It's a it's a good game. I uh I've played through the first two worlds, um, so I'm not too far in, but I've been uh itching to get back to it. VR games, uh I, I I was never a negative Nancy like you, and yet I'm still at a point where boy, it's a lot of work to get the headset on and uh I really, really don't like playing it when, when my uh family's awake or around. Um sure. I just feel bad, I feel guilty. Right, so like like trying to like separate yourself from them or something. Yeah, exactly. Yes, exactly. And I'm like sitting there while doing it. And it feels like this taunting thing to be doing. So I, uh, I usually wait for them to go to bed and then it's like, you know, I just did all this work to get the kid to bed and now I'm tired. And do I really want to go through all that effort? Um, and I have been for Astrobot, just not as much as I wish I, I could be playing it, I guess. Um, how far into it are you? I'm not even quite through the first world yet, okay. to be honest, because, yeah, just things are so busy. There's so many games to play. But So so what is it that's grabbing you? Because, I mean, there is some cool stuff happening even just in that first world. Right, yeah. It's just, I don't know, it's just so infinitely clever, right? And that's kind of like what you like about the 3D Mario platforms, right? Like, there's all these, these little clever things happening that 
uh, like just like the way it uses the controller, right? Like when you rescue right. an Astrobot, it just like the way that they kind of hide the Astrobots in plain sight. Like you have to kind of like rein your neck around to mm -hmm. find them. There's like those chameleons that are hidden. You have to stare at them to find those. Uh, it's just like it's it's all kind of simple in a way. Like it's the platforming is like pretty basic. It's a jump, a hover, like a punch. Uh, it just feels really good. Like you're almost kind of going down a corridor, kind of like Crash Bandicoot style. Mm -hmm. So again, like relatively simple, but it just works so well, and it's like the, the style of it is so pleasing. The music is is fun. It's just a very, very like nothing is wrong with this experience. You know what I mean? Yeah, uh, and I, I think that's uh, that simplif uh, simplification or just that that simple uh, mechanic style is really smart, and it is the thing that you know for people that don't know about this game and know what it is. It is it's a three D platformer in VR. Uh, specifically made for the PlayStation VR, and it stars those uh, little robot characters that were the PlayStation Eye cameras, like mascot things. Yeah. Um, and then they were, became like the mascots for VR, and now that trend is continuing. Um, and a lot of comparisons have been made between this game and Super Mario 64, which, to me, that, that comparison, it, it bears the most fruit when you talk about that simple stuff, because it's like, in Mario 64, they were never trying to be like, here we, we can do all this stuff in 3D, so we got to make it like oh, it's got to like go completely down the path of what is possible in 3D. It's just like no, you're moving around a 3D environment. Just go down a slide and see how much fun that is. Like it's isn't that just really cool that you can do that now and it feels good and it feels right uh, and it's super simple and basic, but it was great. It was a really great exploration of of what was possible and the stuff like staring at the chameleon, which is you're not making Astrobots stare at the chameleon. You yourself are just physically staring at this little invisible thing, and it works so well just because that is um, th this new thing that is possible now because of VR, and it, it really works for me. Yeah, it's just, yeah, exactly. Like, it, it not only is it, like, a fun 3D popular, but, like, the stuff that does with VR, like, makes sense. It is cool. Even just, like, you know, some of, like, the being in a virtual space stuff, like, it messes with scale mm -hmm. sometimes. Like, there's big oh, yeah. things that happen around you. Even, like, just the way your character, when he kind of, like, walks by you, he's kind of, like, staring at you. you yes. You pause for a bit, he'll look at you and wave. Yeah, it's like yeah. you, you are, like... him back towards the camera, he really does just sort of <laughs> glance up and, like, he's, like, sort of just, like, gesturing, like, hey, man, what's up? Right, like, let's like, do this thing. Yeah, this is clear. This is definitely like this is probably the game they wish they had to launch PlayStation mm -hmm. VR with because it's a very compelling kind of like argument for it. Yeah, and I could see. I mean, I could see why this takes so long uh, to kind of realize. Like, oh, let's just do this because um, you do like want to get people's bodies involved in VR because that is you know Beat Saber. Still, for me, I, I'm going to prefer Beat Saber just because it is this really. Um, in, in, intense exploration of like using your entire body as this virtual controller that I, I, I adore. Um, but overall, if I were just to like go out and recommend like people like to like to convince them that VR is something um, Astrobot would be right there just cause it is, it is doing all that stuff just, just so well. Um, it, people have asked this as well. If it wasn't in VR, would it be as good? And I just don't know if that, that question even makes any sense. Does that um, Does that I make mean, sense it, to you? It, yeah, no, not really, because I mean, VR is like the game. Yeah, yeah, it's it's a big part of it. You can't. There's, I don't think there is an Astrobot with the VR. It would be such a different experience, right? Like, it's maybe just, it's maybe, a maybe it would be good still. I don't know, but yeah, it's like it's yeah, it's it's it's, it's weird to think about it. Like right? That. Yeah, it's, and again, it's like Mario sixty four without three D. Like that, that just doesn't make sense. Right. right exactly. Um. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, I've been I've been enjoying that. Do you think you're gonna be able to have time to like get get in there and like finish it before we? I'm start going to finish this game of the year because okay. this is one that I definitely think is probably on the list 
Yeah, so, it's right there for me as well. So I want to like fully beat it and all that stuff. Um, do you have Tetris Effect? Have you played that in VR yet? Yeah, I tried that in VR. Just like right, right when I plugged the thing in, the, which is you know a bit of an endeavor for the PlayStation VR. But yeah, I, the first thing I did was I hooked up um, Tetris Effect a bit and was having fun with that, and then I went with Astrobot. It's pretty much been all Astrobot since then. Right. Very cool. Um, yeah, we'll, we'll probably talk a little bit more about that. We'll definitely talk about it during uh, our Game of the Year podcast coming up soon. Um, uh, what else have you been getting into? Um, well, I got the Monster Boy for uh, Switch. Have you been playing this one at all? This is kind of like no, but it, it's it's, it's on one of these ones that's making me really anxious about December, where it's like, uh, okay, that looks phenomenal. It looks right up my alley, and people are also saying it's very good. Um, Real quick, let's remind people about the lineage of like what Monster Boy even is. It's pretty convoluted, right? Yeah. So this, yeah, this thing is weird. It's so you know, Wonder Boy is more specifically. There's that remake of Wonder Boy three that came right. out for Switch and everything else not too long ago with like the hand drawn visuals. This is basically like a kind of like a. This isn't a remake of a Wonder Boy game. It's just inspired by it, but it looks almost exactly like that Wonder Boy remake. Although simultaneously not done by the same people, actually not the same, not the same developer, <clears throat> which right. But they are, but they are French, so there's yeah. there's a little bit of a like a, a cross pollination there, a little bit. Yeah. So yeah, it's it is a little confusing exactly. Say, trying to, but, but even beyond that, it's like um, it is very much. Like Wonder Boy is a remake of that really very old game, and it was um what was it called originally? I can't remember if it was Wonder, but I guess most people would probably recognize the name as uh, Adventure Island if you played any of the well, Adventure I, Island games. I think like it, that is a bit of an offshoot. Like this, it's a like again very convoluted, but it's yeah, the same think, basic overarching series. I think Wonder Boy was first, and then Adventure Island sprouted from that. It, yeah, Wonder Boy is a confusing series in general like there's two wonder boy twos for or wonder boy threes i think for it yeah it's like yeah the whole thing is weird yes exactly so and like my anyhow, before my time you know yeah yeah and, and like adventure islands what i played as a kid and then later learned about these other games that were um like precursors and various offshoots um but anyhow in wonder boy you you turn into a monster and uh you explore these levels or whatever and monster boy is very much like taking that idea and running with it right yeah, very much. And uh, since it's not like a full on remake, it could kind of do like like what like one like the the other Wonder Boy remake. Like it was, it looks super nice and pretty, but you can kind of tell like, oh, this is like an eighties game in some ways, right? This feels a bit mm-hmm. more modern and nice, and uh, you know what I mean. It's just a bit totally, yeah. yeah. And, and it's a uh, apparently a Metroidvania. Is that clicking? Is That's, that apparent? I mean, I'm, part I'm of pretty it? early in it, right? So I'm not sure. I mean, Wonder Boy three was a Metroidvania also so and this is what this is taking the most inspiration of specifically that one because there's like the monster uh changing thing right like you turn into different monsters and or animals have you right and I only have the one now the pig but yeah it's super fun I mean it's very again it's like it's kind of simple in a very nice way like pretty basic action uh action action kind of 2d platformer thing with some rpg elements yeah again sounds like it's right up my alley that's one of the uh, I'm gonna, I'm gonna pick it up, but I, I it is like forty bucks, so I think I'm gonna wait for you to play oh, really? more of it. I think so, yeah. Uh, I'll have to double check, but I'm going to wait and kind of get your take on it and just like decide from there. So yeah, we'll talk about it again next week and kind of see where we go. Um, and okay, yeah, I mean it's time. Let's talk about Smash. Uh, oh, it man, is out. Let's do it. There's, it is yeah, out. It is in the world, 
And you wrote you wrote a review for it. Like you took like this is one of your favorite franchises. You were ready for this game. You've been waiting for it. And you got it. And since then, like you've been playing a ton. Like what what are your thoughts? Man, I mean, the game is fan fantastic. Uh just like in terms of like the next Smash Brothers, right? Like what could yes. possibly have been done after Smash 4, like to make it better. I mean, just the, the size of the roster is insane. 74 characters is so much. And it's not just like they're just transplants of how they were in the last game. A lot of them have little tweaks here or there. Some of them have like big tweaks, visual changes, like like Zelda looking like the uh, Link Between Worlds version now. Mm-hmm. Uh, some characters have some different moves here or there. Some have new costumes, like Mario has his white wedding outfit from Odyssey. Uh, like the new characters are all pretty fun. Some of them are, are great. I love playing as Ridley. King Carol seems a bit like maybe too strong right now it's it's always i always like hesitate to say this character is overpowered because right i'm just a one guy who's been playing it for like a couple weeks right but he sure seems to be pretty good to me uh right right but you know 74 characters there's going to be some winners and losers i guess uh and then the the cool thing like especially compared to the last one is how great the single player stuff is the whole uh, really good yeah really good world of light is like a full-blown single player campaign it's gigantic it's like super long, it's super detailed, it's fun, it's clever. Uh, like it has all these kind of references to the other games, not just like in the world map itself. Like each of the yeah. fights is like right. That, like, that's the whole thing. Yeah, right. it is just this one reference after another, and it's not just like these cheap throwaway references. Um, each fight is like you're you're fighting to like re- release these spirits for the most part. You you'll have fights where you're unlocking characters for the entire game and for this mode. But for the most part, most most part, ninety percent of your fights are to get these spirit characters, which are not playable fighters, but they are uh, they're represented basically. And this was the joke before: oh, you just get these JPEGs, and that's it. Um, and, and yeah, that is uh, yeah, uh, ultimately what you're unlocking. Sure, um, but each fight is like it takes like one of the existing fighting characters and then remixes like the rules and what they do and uh, the setting and their their like what they're wearing and stuff to most evoke. Like what that spirit character is, um, like uh, this one. I, I don't. I'm bringing this one up. This one actually a bit made me sad. Uh, but Gino, like the Gino yeah. fight, when you get the, that spirit, it's like it, <laughs> they they like they have Kirby in there who's supposed to be Mallow, who's like the cloud character who looks a little bit like Kirby already, and they make him um pink or the, the pinkish greenish color that that uh, uh Mallow is and stuff like that, and then. You also have Mario and Bowser and Peach all in that fight who are all party members in Super Mario RPG, which is what Gino is from. Uh, and they're playing the music in the background. And it just it's it's really evocative of that character. It, re- it works really super well. Um, again, that made me sad because it's like, oh, man, Gino's just not going to be in this game, is he? That's not going to be DLC. So. Probably. It's, it seems like the, the path to going to DLC is like really surprising third party characters. And yeah. I don't think- and, and yeah, that, that's fine. Um, uh but 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 like the yeah each one of the fights is as intricately clever as that uh and it's just it's it's really kind of uh, giving me a lot of momentum to get through this mode because it's like I can't wait to see what's next even though not all these fights are great to play some some of them are more difficult although I've I've discovered I think the secret is if if a fight's too hard just go go somewhere else on the map and come back later because chances are you'll get a, a, a different spirit that makes that fight easier. Mm-hmm. So, or you could just be good like me. Yeah, totally. Yeah, I, I, but I'm, I, you know, I, I tried that once. Didn't really, I don't know. I don't. I don't think that's for me. Um, <laughs> but yeah, it's really Im- impressive. So, like, you've played a lot more than I have. Have you been going back to the single player? Like, I'm sure you're playing a lot of multiplayer as well, though. 
Um, I mean, well, the other, like, once you beat World of Light, I mean, you, you kind of beat it, but the, uh, I mean, that oh, it so really you, is. Oh, going through all of it. Okay. It's a big, I, I, big, big process. Yeah. It's, oh, it's, it's super huge. So I was just like, man, it seems like really. Right. But I guess but you, I mean, you finished the reviews. Yeah. So yeah. You probably did. And even just classic mode is so much fun to like go through with each character. Right. And that's like, that's been there since what, like the first Smash Brothers. And it, it's the same kind of thing where it's like, you know, you, you have like a series of fights, but they're kind of themed around each character this time. Uh, like each person has like a, like a, like a different path of characters are going to fight and a different kind of final boss scenario. Like the Mega Man one is super fun because like the final boss uh, for, it was either the final or the second or last, but it was like Dr. Mario in the Dr. Wily stage, clearly meant to be a stand-in for Dr. Wily. Then when you beat him, Mewtwo drops down. And I'm like, oh, it's because of Mega Man 2 when Dr. Wily turns into an alien. I get this. Right. That's right? very, it's super very, cute. very it's smart. Fun. Right. <laughs> yeah. Um, it's, this um, entire setup, all that stuff, all the stuff that they're throwing into this game, uh, it to me, like, really makes the case, and, and Hitman 2 is another game that did this recently, makes the case for uh, sequels not having to be these super intense reinventions of each game every time. Uh, sometimes it's better really just to do more and to do better and to be, like, really aware of your fan base and to give them exactly what they want uh, and to make all, like... And all the content that you're throwing in there, it's more, but it's also better. Um, this game really does kind of just sell me on that. Like, there is plenty of room to just be like, no, this is the ultimate version of the platonic ideal of a Smash Brothers game. And we're going to give it to you. And that's what and you're going to love it. And they're right. It totally works. It's super fun. Yeah, uh, man. It would, it would be like this would probably just straight up be like the easy choice to make for game of the year if the online didn't suck. But it does. Yeah, so what what have your problems with online been like so far? Uh, there's twofold. One, like, just lag is bad in general, which, you know, isn't isn't great for the fighting game. Uh, like, and Nintendo's, want... uh, Nintendo's fix there is just go buy the $30 dongle, which doesn't seem like a really uh, an idea that would work because I'll go get it, and what are the chances I'm going to play against someone else that has it? Because it's not like the lag's going to go away like just for me. It, ha it has to be for everyone in the in the match, so... Just seems like really bad advice to go out and do that. Yeah, I'm not going to go buy like other thing. Yeah, no way. Um, but yeah, and I, I've experienced that lag. But what else is the problem for, well, especially for someone like like you, who's just like who is here to play this game seriously? I mean, just yeah. So like when you go to like the quick play thing, like the options are basically quick play and like a lobby system. When you go to quick play, you set your preferred rules, right? So, like, everything's there. So you can pick, you know, you want to do four-player matches, team matches, one versus one. Do you want items on or off? Do you want, like, these kinds of stages? Uh, do you want time or stock? So I'm like, okay, I want one versus one, no items, stock, blah, blah, blah. And, like, every time I tried it, I did this maybe, I don't know, like, seven to a dozen times. I can't remember. Every single time I was in a four-player match, sometimes with items on, sometimes they weren't. I'm like, I look, this is a completely different experience than what I want. I want to play... One versus one with no items at the very least. Uh, so that's for, like you can go into like that lobby system and find a lobby, but like lobbies support eight players, two of them fight at a time, and then like when somebody loses, then you can maybe jump in. So it's not a great alternative either. Yeah. Um, I, for, for me, that's just not going to be as much of a problem because I, what I've been doing is I've been just going in that quick play and it's been giving me a variety, like, it's been, it feels like it's switching between like the old Nintendo, like these are the rules of smash and then like, uh, three stock rules or whatever. Um, 
because uh, no- normally it's just like it's a time thing, right? And then you have to like be like uh, who's got the best kill death ratio. Yeah, wins. time so much. So yeah, yeah, I don't. I don't love that, but um, you know that's that's fine. I'm just glad that there are some stock matches in there as well, and that's been enough. Like, and then the the lag's been the only thing killing it, and that that'll happen um, about fifty percent of the time, which is way 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 too much. Um, but I can see that that like unless Nintendo really reworks this to like ensure that you can get what you want. And that there are a lot of people just like you who are also going to continue to play this game and get get that as well. Um, like it just feels like that's just not going to be an option for for most players, and it's only going to be local multiplayer to really get the Smash Brothers experience that they want. Which doesn't seem like it just seems like a real big oversight for this game because uh, I, I know that the that the Smash competitive community is not what makes this game a massive, massive success, but it does seem like it is part of the... I think it's a uh, big part of it. I, mean, I think it's... it's, it's I mean, it's a significant part. It is a part that makes this game feel uh, maybe even bigger than what it is, which is already huge. Um, so, yeah, it, it seems like an oversight, but, I mean, do you think they, Nintendo will fix it? I think they can maybe fix the latency. I don't see them suddenly adding, like, uh, here's the... One versus one, no, like standard competitive version of online, which, like they kind of did last time with with Wii U, and this is like why it's strange again. Like they um, they were almost right. there. Like there was four glory, and that was pretty much there, except you had to like play time instead of stock or whatever. But you know, right, fine, still, yeah. But I, I don't know what they're thinking. And it, you know, it's also worse because now they're straight up charging for multiplayer now, right? Right, which is, um, makes the. Makes the lag just uh, really the thing that they have to address. It can't just stay that way, and and it just doesn't sound like they haven't made any sort of overtures to the community saying that they are going to fix it. It is just go buy that thirty dollar dongle, which feels rough. Um, but about, I mean, about this competitive thing, I'm always curious. Like like this this standard for what competitive play is. How did that like like? Because you've been playing that for like since since um, melee on GameCube, right? Did, yeah. Did it, how did everyone just settle on that's the way just, competitive Smash is? Well, you, you can't really do... <clears throat> is, it think, ju- is it just because the randomness and everyone recognizes it that like it's no, just No, it's be- I mean, it's clearly the best, I think. I mean, you don't want to do time because I mean, there's more than one person, more than two people, like someone can kind of just, you know, hide away, right? Or or it's, it's, it could be, time could be unfair because it's like, what, you, like each person has one... You can have a lot of... Um, Ties with time, right? Because after two minutes, you both killed each other once. Okay, what do you do? So obviously, stock makes sense. I mean, items are just inherently unfair because, like, you can be winning and then all of a sudden your enemy has a tomato spawn next to them and now their health is <laughs> down to zero. So, right. Obviously, items are not are out. Then stages, you know, it's basically just a matter of stages that don't have like random elements that can affect the gameplay, which this is the first match where you can turn stage hazards off entirely, which is great and also makes that less of a problem than before anyway. Although there's still only the, the first major tournament that's coming up is still only going to use seven stages. I think I think that may, might be more of a um, result of unfamiliarity with the game and wanting to like Maybe. ensure that that, you know, it's a fair uh, like a level playing field. Uh, they'll probably add in more of those stages with the stuff turned off down the line. Um, yeah, I was just curious because it just seems like it, it is like this accepted form and it also just seems like it sort of happened organically. But the way you explain it there, it's like, okay, all that stuff just makes logical sense. So, right. Yeah. yeah, it kind of just happened. I mean, I, th- I think like if you got enough people who are interested in Smash playing it independently, which they would have like after, you know, a few 
Right. We just sort of all come to the same that. rules. Yeah. Yeah. That, that makes sense. Um, and then I guess, I mean, for me, and I, this is one of those games where it's like, it almost doesn't matter. Cause, uh, the way I am playing it is just sort of, I'm going through the single player and I'm going online and having some, some okay times, but I, I'm not great at it. And I don't know, know if I necessarily love the way smash plays anymore, just for me personally, it just feels, um, and maybe this is fighting games in general, but I, I, I haven't played enough fighting games recently to know if this is how I feel about most of them, but it's just, I always feel like I can't get my character to do what I know they can do, but exact like exactly when and how I want, uh, like even just like turning around feels like, uh, oh yeah, I'm I'm fighting with the very specific way this could, this game has to control to ensure that there's balance. Oh man, and that I is. I don't know uh, what you're talking about. I wish I could just play with these, I like, can see what you're doing. I'm, I'm getting. I, I, look, I'm getting better. I I played it on in, on Nintendo 64 and GameCube a ton and was just fine at it and was was competitive with like my group of friends who were of course just going to be not great at it, but it was fine. I was able to win plenty of those matches and I felt competent like but for like the first several hours of this game like playing through that single player i felt like i just didn't know how to hurt other characters from with any of the characters i was playing with i mean like yeah i had my basic smash attacks but it just felt like half the time i would do something and it's like oh this is not an attack there's like the, a trick to this and i need to figure that out and, and then i'm just like okay well i just lost i mean your your bread and butter need to be kind of jabs your, your tilts your aerial yes and i'm that is where i'm like okay i'm starting to put those together and realize uh, not everything needs to be a smash attack. I need to just be. No, smash I need to be finishing usually, or just. Yeah, I need to just be putting people. Vulnerable. I need to just getting be getting hands on people and like yeah, it's 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 been a process. I am getting better, um, and I'm liking it. I'm enjoying it. That's the thing. I'm enjoying it. So I'm 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 pretty happy with it. Good because if you um, didn't like Smash Bros, we would be enemies for life. Again. <laughs> uh, so you gave this game a score as well. Um, yeah, it was kind of a tell weird me about process, that process because, yeah. like, I mean, again, before online, I'm like, this could be a 100, and then I'm like, well, the entire online, as far as I'm concerned, is practically unplayable, which seems like a pretty big deal. How much do I dis- like? How does that affect the score? And I was kind of in a weird position because most people did not wait for the online to come out. Most people just scored the game on, on the embargo, which was like a, a day before launch, I think. Mm-hmm. So I'm like, well, how, how does this affect the score? And, and I, I eventually just settled on giving it a 90, which is weird for me because, like, I don't know. Like, it could still be my game of the year because I still just like it so much. And I just right. won't play the online. And I'll be kind of okay at that because I have a group of friends I can play with a lot, like, on the couch. Yeah, but I mean, at the same time, it's like they really messed this up. This is obviously a big fault. And if the online worked, I probably would enjoy doing that more than I, you know, am going to now, which will be like none. Yeah, it's just kind of weird. So yeah, so yeah, you ended up giving a ninety out of a hundred, and and it's uh, yeah, I mean, it's 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 tough, but it's like that is kind of the the thought process that has to go into it, um, especially since you did wait for the online and you're like trying to see how that would work. It's like yeah, I guess. That's fair. I mean, and it's like, this is the review now and uh, Nintendo is going to uh, keep working on it. Who knows? Maybe they will fix some stuff here and there and make an improvement. And then, you know, and later that the score doesn't mean as much when you're talking about it a year from now and you're like, oh yeah, the, the game was different at launch and now they got this and that. Um, so hopefully this this game gets to that point. Um, and, but even so, at this point, there is there is so much there that it is a very good game still. So, yeah. Yeah, glad glad to hear you're enjoying it. Oh um, yeah, I'll be playing it. I mean, I, it's funny because I have so many games to play, and I could just be playing Smash Brothers for like yeah. the next like couple months. And it's like uh, I gotta play a million other things right now. I still need to. 
I still need to like beat the last level in Hitman 1 so I can play some Hitman 2, so I have an idea of that for Game of the Year. I still mm-hmm. I haven't started Assassin's Creed. Those are kind of the two big ones I need to play at least a bit of Assassin's Creed and Hitman 2. So Yeah. That's uh, not I think you could probably uh go into Hitman 2 and just kind of play a couple of the levels like and get a real, real quick idea. Assassin's Creed is is very sprawling. Uh so I, I think Give yourself a little bit of time with that to see if like you're getting if you're starting to build up any momentum with it, keep going. But if you bounce off it like you did with um or Origin, I, I think you could probably safely recognize yeah. like where you stand with that game. Um, I guess yeah, I guess that would be a good barometer. Just see like how you're feeling about it compared to the way you felt about Origin, and, and take it from there. Um, okay, so I think that does it for you this this week. Any any other games? Um, no, that those are the big ones. So uh, yeah, I've been playing Smash. I've been um. I've been playing Astrobot. I've uh, got a bunch of other games I kind of I've uh, been diving into. Um, I played through Paratopic or Paratopic. I'm not sure how to say that a- actually. It's like a five dollar like, um, like early 3D style uh, horror game. So like it looks like a PlayStation One game or like Quake, and it's a first person horror game um, that is playable in 45 minutes, and you get through it real quick. And it's just like this mood piece with a. a um, it, it feels really good when you're moving through these first person environments. I, I really enjoyed that. And it definitely kind of got my, uh, goosebumps going just from the atmosphere it did set. It was very, uh, um, a kind of twilight zone. It felt like definitely like you're in a twilight zone episode and stuff like that. And I was, I was digging it. Um, I, I would recommend that to anyone who digs horror games, digs like, a, a, an early 3d style and, you know, wants to play something that's quick. It's, it was nice to kind of get through a game on a lunch break, which is not something you get to do very often. Um, I've also been playing that Starlink game uh, on Switch, which is my the, brother's uh, going nuts for that game. I, I, I don't blame him. It's really, really, really good. It's like this really solid open world starship game. It feels like open world Star Fox is probably the quickest way you can explain it. Um, and it's made by Ubisoft, so uh, and it does have Star Fox in it. They worked with Nintendo on that to get that partnership going, and it's a really good fit. And you're really just kind of going through. Uh, the going across these planets, doing these quick missions, and there's like just a lot of shooting, and there's a lot of like upgrades and loot to kind of impr- improve your ship over time, and that process is really satisfying. And at any time, you just sort of press like I think like up on the D pad to request a new mission, so you don't have to like go find someone to give you a mission. It's just this like really seamless process to um to be constantly moving forward and exploring this world in a way that feels really good. And there's just a ton of stuff everywhere. It's um. It's been really satisfying kind of going through that game. I, it's it's one I've, I I had a lot of momentum with, but then put down to like start Smash and a bunch of other stuff. Uh, but I do think I'll go back to it and keep playing it. I, w- I kind of want to see like um, if if they build on top of like the basic fundamentals they have now, if it like the gameplay changes up at all or if, or if it's just sort of like doing these missions over time over and over. We'll see. Um. And then uh, Dusk. Dusk is one that I played. This game just came out, and it is a, it, it's another one of these old 3D-style Quake-like uh, first-person shooters. Um, and it it is very good. It's very well done. It uh, w- Just to give you an idea of like what the game is like when you first boot it up, it goes to this fake DOS screen. And it's like DOS version 6.66. And uh, it, it, like, it, goes, it like, runs through all the commands real quick to like load the game. Um, and yeah, so it just feels like, okay, you're booting up a, a first person shooter in DOS in like 1994. Um, and it's got the big chunky polygons and you can like make them chunkier in the options if you want. 
and you can uh, set the field of view like super, super high. So it's just it's just like one of those first person shooter games. And then you start playing and it's just super, super fast. It is um, like it feels like you're running at 90 miles per hour. And uh, you come against you like the first enemies you come against are like uh, these uh, chain gun wielding dudes who are like, oh, kill the heretic. And then there's these wizards who like point oh, to the stuff. The yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Like destroy the non-believer. Um, and and there, there's writing all over the walls about demons and like trading in God for demons and stuff. So, yeah, it, it's got a mood. It's got a tone. The music's really good. And it, it just feels like um, the... Uh, the, a demade version of the new doom in a lot of ways. And I'm, I'm super into it. I'm, I'm really enjoying it. Uh, a good, another good thing about it is like the levels are like pretty compact. Like they, they're not like taking this aesthetic and applying it to like modern day, huge, massive levels that take forever to beat. It is, th- these levels are, are relatively small and they're bite size. And it, it, that gives it a really quick sense of progression. Like there's a really good pacing to it that I've been enjoying and it's keeping me going and making me want to go back and play more. Because I know in like, you know, seven to ten minutes, I'm going to be able to get through a level. That's pretty cool. Right. Um, And then I think the last one I'm going to talk about is uh, Return of the Obra Dinn. Uh, have you seen anything about this? Have you looked into it at I all? mean, I've seen like clips of it as they like flash it at Game Awards shows, you know? Right, okay. Like so, yeah. Stuff. So, this, this is the game that like has that um, monochromatic visual style where it looks like it was made on a uh, Macintosh screen with like just like black and like that greenish color uh, for its graphics. But it's like, a th- it's still like a 3D first person exploration game where you are playing as a claims adjuster for an insurance company who has to go onto this ship called the Oberden and you need to go and figure out what happened to the crew and determine like, like you gotta find these bodies, determine who the body is uh, and how they perished. And then it just, it, it turns into this really, um, intricate logic puzzle where you are getting bits and pieces of information by diving into these various memories. And the memories are uh, these really small things. They are uh, a few lines of text from different characters, uh, usually. And it is a still 3D image that you can like walk around. It's like a 3D scene that is still that you can look around and you can like see characters um you could you could see like the position they're in. You could see where they're looking and their body. It, it, basically, you're taking in all of the information that this still image provides. So, like if you are trying to figure out who this character is, and you're like no one in the scene is saying their name, uh, you got to use other clues. Like maybe they are carrying like some rope out of this uh, out of this certain room on the ship, and you know that that room belongs to the person who controls all of the like uh, materials that the ship uses to continue running. You know, that person is, pr- is either probably like the bosun, which is what that, that position is called on the ship or the bosun's mate. And then you just use more context clues uh, to sort of figure that out. Oh, this one, this guy's older than, than this guy who, who's in that same room with them. He's probably the bosun. And then like on the other side of the same scene, like there's like this big murder happening outside the room. And so on the, in the carpenter's room, there's two carpenters, but one's the carpenter and one's the carpenter's mate. And the carpenter is probably the guy who feels comfortable enough to walk outside the room and sort of see what's going on while he tells the other guy's mate to keep working. So you're like, okay, that's, that makes sense. That's logic to, logical to me. And that turns out, okay, yeah, that's how you figure out who that is. Um, and it's really super satisfying to go through all that thought process and piece these uh, puzzles together. And every time you get three, um, 
like three people write with like who they are and how they perished, the game tells you and says, okay, yeah, three more correct. And now you can, can move on. You know, you're confident in that you got it all right. It's, um, it's super, super good. I am, uh, it's one of those games where I start playing it and then all of a sudden it was like 3 a.m. Um, yeah, and I'm really enjoying it. It's it's also one of those ones where it's, it does feel like I should be writing more stuff down than I am. I'm trying to yeah, keep it all in my head. Style. Yes, it, it is. Uh, and it's it, it it I'm not doing that. I'm wondering if I'm going to regret it later because it feels like if you miss one thing and or even if you see it and then like another thing happens real quick. And so you go to investigate that and you leave it behind. Um, going back to like find those uh, specific pieces of evidence is a bit of a chore because you have to sort of uh, connect these memories like to get from one memory to the next a lot of times you have to sort of walk through them uh, and then find the next body within that memory it's like layers within layers and navigating that can be a bit of a challenge um, and maybe a bit annoying and frustrating Um, so I kind of think I should be starting to write, write stuff down but at the same time I'm just sort of moving forward and seeing if I can like eliminate all of the easy stuff and then kind of look back at the passenger list and the manifest and stuff and take it from there to sort of solve the rest of the harder puzzles. But we'll see. Uh, the thing is all of these games I'm playing right now, like a lot of them, it feels like they could probably like squeak into my top 10. Uh, if I could just get some more time with them, um, you know, like a top 50 it's yeah, it's yeah, it's weird. Cause like, I'm like last year, like I'm not like, I'm really not sure what number one is, but there's so many like games that like are, are trying to find a way like on the list in general. Like that's the difficult part this year. Yes, definitely. Um, and, and you know, I, once I know what's in the top 10, it's a little bit easier to just be like, yeah, I'll pick where these go. That Yeah. Number one for me is easy just cause it's like, I had like a, a spiritual experience with one of my games that like, you oh, know, Tetris. Like, that, that's the, that's uh, no, not even, not even, not even Tetris. Tetris. No, oh, no it's, 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 it's that eco game. Oh, right, right, right. Yeah. Like, yeah, like that, that game was made for me and it's like, oh uh, yeah, it's like, yeah, it's a once in a lifetime sort of thing that you can only experience in games. Um, but if, if I didn't have that, I'd be in the same boat with you where it's like, yeah, I could kind of put a lot of stuff at number one. Um, but yeah, I don't know. Just another good year for games in a, in a very different way than some of the past years. For sure. Uh, all right, Mike. I think it's time we move on to the news. Are you okay with Ooh, that? Uh, I'm ready. Let's do it. Well, we're going to do it anyhow. Oh, you said what? I, I said I'm ready. Beep, beep, beep. No, I'm good. Let's do some news, Michael Minotti. Okay. Um, first up, on, on our rundown here, I just have one word. Whoa. Sonic. <laughs> That's right. Oh, no. So, okay. Oh, no. Mike, the, there was like a, a, a tweet or like a, a social media post from Paramount Pictures or whoever, like so the Sonic the Hedgehog movie account. Um, they're making this movie. I think it comes out next year. And they released like the first like motion poster on social media. And it was like this silhouette version of Sonic. And um, it's it's awful, Mike. It looks so Yeah, it's, it looks real freaking weird. It, like, what was your headline? You're like, it was horrifying. It's horrifying. It's t- it, it is. It upsets me. And the reason it's horrifying, if somehow you haven't seen this, and if you haven't, go find it. Like, it's worth it to go see for yourself. Um, Sonic has human proportions in this movie, which is just a sentence that shouldn't be as, like, skin-crawling as it is, but it, oh, it absolutely is. His arms and legs and thighs, they are just... The same shape and length as any man's. It's, the, the thighs are especially upsetting. It's, yeah, it's really those yes. legs that that it's like you just got these like core. strong thighs. Yeah, and why are they doing that, Mike? Like, why is 
Why oh, why does this Sonic? <laughs> I I have absolutely no idea. Uh I don't know, especially after seeing Detective Pikachu, right? It's like, okay, I guess this is how yeah, this is how you can kinda like transfer something that's cartoony into like a real world thing and it's not like completely ridiculous, right? Like what that's fine. And then this is just going the opposite route of that where they're like try real hard to redesign Sonic. Which was like a mistake the first time they redesigned Sonic, and now they're redesigning the redesign. Yeah, and, and it's we. I feel like I feel like we all kind of agreed, especially after Sonic Mania, that you know that that first Sonic design is kind of it's the best, it's the most friendly and fun, and uh, you know the furries are still just fine with that. So like, just like what's wrong? Like everyone's happy, everyone wins. So to feel to like to go in the most extreme opposite direction to just make it a man with blue fur. And we don't know what his face looks like, but man, it probably isn't good. And, and the reason I say that is because uh, IGN got a quote from oh god, uh, I'm executive producer Tim face, Miller. So. Yeah, let's see. Uh, uh, so they were talking about like like okay, so why'd you make some of these decisions? Um, like why is he so furry? Like because you know Sonic, like he's spiky in all the games, but it's never been like furry. He's never been like Star Fox in Star Fox Adventures. Um, but they're like. Uh, Giving them fur was uh, always stage one of adapting it to what the real world is and what a real an animal would be like, uh, executive producer Tim Miller said of giving Sonic fur. It would be weird and it would feel like he was running around nude if he was some sort of otter-like thing. It was always, for us, fur. We never considered anything different. It's part of what integrates him into the real world and makes him a real creature. Which I don't understand why that is the goal. Why? Why does he have to be the, a real creature in the real world? I'm like, telling you right now, the CGI plot this, character. The plot of this thing is going to be that Doctor Robotnik is like some scientist who created Sonic the Hedgehog, right? Like he's like some yeah. kind of like 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 experiment or something. And like the IMDb, the IMDb page, like one of the named characters is uh, Secretary of Homeland Security. <laughs> like, <laughs> like, what is this movie? Good. Like, like I, I mean, it's. I am getting to the point where it's like, this is just all, I want this all so much. Like, yeah, just keep making it weirder and stranger because it's, it's not going to be good. So it needs to be as bizarre as possible. Um, let's see. He talks about his shoes a little bit and I don't care so much about that. Uh, okay. He talks about the eyes. So one of the problems with Sonic, if you're trying to make him a real creature is he just has that like mono eye thing where like, there is no like yeah. line between the, the two pupils or whatever. Um, they're fixing that, Mike. Oh, so don't worry. It. They're fixing it. Um, and uh, this line right here is the best. Uh, Miller said about that decision. I don't think Sega was entirely happy with the eye decision. <laughs> it don't but, say. But these sorts of things, you go. It's going to look weird if we do this. But everything is a discussion, and that's kind of the goal, which is to only change what's necessary and stay true to the rest of it. Um, so he's still blue and probably fast. Um, he's not going to feel like a Pixar character would because I don't think I don't think that's the right aesthetic to make it feel part of our world, which is again, I just I don't get it. Maybe maybe not. Yeah, like it's just like every time you think about like those oh this is what a realistic Mario would look like. It's always like a horror like a horrifying thing, and that's Mario who is ostensibly a man um, <laughs> to try to make Sonic the Hedgehog <laughs> like to make realistic Sonic the Hedgehog just feels like a really like a doomed to fail thing from the beginning. Um, yeah, uh, yeah. This is. I mean, I was like, is my hopes for this movie like, hey, this will be awful. Like, especially after seeing Detective Pikachu trailer, being surprised by that. Now I'm on full blown, ready for absolute disaster mode. Yes, ready for like this to open Pandora's box upon the world. Yeah, 
Like to be to be sort of biblically awful, like is what yes. I'm expecting yes. on a certain level, and I'm okay with that. Like, yeah, bring it on. Well, sure. Like, it's not like you're gonna what ruin Sonic the Hedgehog now. Yeah, <laughs> yeah come on. Yeah. It's happened. Yeah, and it's like it's he's also sort of just like survived being ruined at a certain right. point, yeah, exactly to the point where like that's almost his aesthetic. Um, so yeah, why not? It's like this thing. is maybe maybe this is what a Sonic movie has to be. It has point. to, yeah, yeah. It just has to. It can't be anything else. Um, yeah, there was a there was one other uh, alleged poster that came out that was just like Kim sitting on top of the Golden Gate Bridge, focusing on those horrifying legs. Just yes, that is the like fifty percent of the poster is just his long, I'm proud of it, long hairy blue dancer's legs, um, and it's just, whew, it is yeah. He is yeah, he's displaying them, not wearing pants, because because yeah. Because otherwise, I mean, he's not nude. He's got fur, Mike. So he's just fine. Yeah, it's all right, I guess. <sighs> okay. Yeah. So I'm I'm very much looking forward to getting more on this movie and can't wait for it to come out. Um, story number two, the Game Awards. Uh, we kind of we could kind of recap this a little bit. I'm not gonna go over who won because if you cared about that, you probably you probably watched the show. Yeah. So you don't sure. need to hear me go over it. Um, I guess we'd say God of War won Game of the Year, and that's uh, that's the big yes. one. So how'd you feel about that? I was pretty okay with that. I was okay with that. It's actually kind of what I expected. Like, I thought yeah. that Red Dead would win a lot of the pretty game, like, awards. Like, yes. press music, press this thing, you know, but I thought that, like, got a... Like, yeah, the crafts, the craft awards, yeah. yeah. Uh, like, the craftsmanship of making games, Red Dead won those, all of them, really. Like, narrative, design, voice acting, uh, all that stuff. Um, and then directing, and I said I was going to recap, and now I am, but whatever. I just want to, yeah, got to war won those. I, I knew Celeste wasn't going to win. That's the only one of the Game of the Year awards where I was like, ah... That would be awesome, but no way that's going to win. Um, I was just yeah, happy Dead Cells kind of. I mean, you know, it won its word. I'm happy Messenger like won an award. Right, exactly. Yeah, there was a lot of like a lot of that stuff, so it was cool. Um, and we voted on those, so I guess we should kind of take. A yeah, isn't that fine for them? Yeah. Good job, us. Yeah, well done, Mike. Um, yeah, but yeah, so I mean, the real reason that this show is worth talking about in a way that like talking about the Oscars is not worth it is that they reveal new video games and they talk about like news and stuff that's coming up next year and in the future. And there was a lot of that stuff. Um, I think my expectations were properly gauged to the point where I was having a really good time with everything that they were showing. And I thought they did a really, really good cadence of reveals and I wasn't expecting half-life three. So I was pretty okay with what they showed, um, which uh, overall, you know, wasn't anything huge. It was like, uh, I think some of the bigger games would be like, Obsidian's The Outer Worlds. Like, this is like their space um, Fallout game that's coming soon. Um, uh, but, but yeah, so I, I, overall, how'd you feel about the reveals? I thought, yeah, it was fine. Like, you know, uh, there were some big ones like that, Mortal Kombat 11. Yes. Uh, like, the most coming genuinely in. surprising thing is um, Joker being the first DLC character for Smash Brothers, which, you know, I'm all about. As somebody who likes Smash Brothers and Persona, yeah, give me that. Let me ask you something, Mike. Has Yo. there ever been a Smash character that was in a game that has never been on any Nintendo console in any way? Well, uh, I don't know. I mean, Cloud was already mildly suspect, right? Like, he's shown up on, like, Theater Rhythm for, for yeah. 3DS. That's that's the most... Like, I guess that would be, like, okay. Uh, this one. one is, yeah... Like until that Persona Q two comes out, this guy's not on any Nintendo platform. I I was a little sort of shocked that the Persona five on Switch announcement didn't just immediately follow this. Right, you know it's coming, right? It has it, to be right. Yeah, like that, that's what I'm getting at here is that has to happen, right? Like why the heck not? 
I mean, I, I guess the only reason they wouldn't do that first is like they want to announce like, oh, we're going to do Persona 3 first. And then we'll do four later and then five after that. Like maybe they want to do something along those lines because those games have never been on any Nintendo console, especially not the Switch. They'd be perfect fits for the Switch. So yeah, there's no yeah. reason not to put them on Switch. They'll do well. Right. Unless well. there's some weird Sony deal, which I don't think there is. But uh, no, I don't think yeah, so. unless that's the case. Right. So I, that, I'm very excited about that because I would like to like have those games on the Switch and really give them a try. That's where the, that's probably the only place I'd really be able to play those games because otherwise i can't just sit at the playstation 4 for for 80 hours um yeah so the thing you I, I think you're right that that was probably the biggest surprise uh one of the uh, the bigger announcements there was like a lot of hype about that the game was coming out in like a half an hour like when they made that announcement um and it also like set the tone for what play, p- uh, people can expect from the dlc right like uh, i think a lot of people said when sakurai told fans you know, I've made all the decisions that, you know, this is my game, but the DLC Nintendo is picking those characters. So I think a lot of people are like, oh, okay, well, it's going to be five, probably Nintendo characters, maybe some like marketing related characters. Yeah, exactly. Um, so when the first character is Joker from Persona 5, and I think, I think Nebelian on Twitter posted this, uh, just, a uh, you know, uh, what's his name from the Celtics yelling, anything is possible. Cause that's like yeah. how you feel now. Cause like, right. okay, if they're doing this, who knows what else they're going to do for these other four characters that are already guaranteed. Right. Nobody was guessing this. Yes. No one. So very, very kind of exciting and reasons to ke- like continue being excited about what's going to happen next in smash. Um, some other news from this show, I guess like the big, like, like the big, um, sort of footnote for the thing itself is it, it reached 26 million people across all its live streaming platforms, which is really quite impressive. And yeah, very, it's a lot of people and a lot of people probably in that target demographic. That's very good for, uh, for marketers and advertisers. So I bet the show is going to be around for a long, long time and probably will just continue making more money and getting bigger in the future. Um, we talked about obsidian's game. Uh, the, I guess the other big story of the night in terms of just news is Epic Game Store launched and they had a bunch of games coming that are going to be like exclusive on the Epic Game Store. Um, one of those is Journey from PlayStation 3 finally coming to PC, um, which is a big uh, sort of get, I think. Uh, and uh, I'm finally going to play that game. I wish I would have played that play Journey. Oh, Journey. Never played Journey. No. Yeah. Yeah, t- apparently. So I'm going to give that a shot. Um, but the Epic was doing a lot of stuff like that, where they're like, we are making these deals to get people um, to get exclusives on the Epic Game Store. And they're all going to be timed exclusives and stuff like that. These games will come to Steam eventually. A lot of them are just going to come to console like right away. Uh, I think Ashen was one of those. Um, like you can get Ashen's not on Steam, um, but it's you can get it on uh, Xbox, Xbox Game Pass and Epic Game Store and stuff like that. So uh did, did you have any sort of feelings about the, like what Epic was doing that night? Like just in terms of like, Oh, here's a new PC store. And should I care? No, to be honest, I don't know. No, I, I think that's perfectly fair. I don't think, I don't think too much about it. I mean, honestly, most of my PC games launch from Battle.net, Right. Somewhat uh, humorously. So yeah, I don't know. Like not that it's not a big deal, but it doesn't not much of a, not much of a drop in the Mike Minotti world. Yeah, but I don't think you're alone there. I mean, like, no one really thinks about their stuff in terms of like, ooh, I, I, a new store, a new way to buy games. That's great. It's like I have my library, and I'm gonna continue building out my library, and, and that's probably on Steam. For you, it's on Battle.net, but they don't really sell many other games. Um, but that's fine for you. Um, and I, I, I think that 
Epic is doing a lot to sort of like get attention with like with, with, with what they're doing. Um, but it is, I think the exclusives are the biggest deal because uh, the other things they're doing are like, Oh, we're going to give away free games like every, once every two weeks. Um, uh, there's, I mean, there's a few other things, but it's like stuff that like the Twitch store was doing or like the Twitch app. And like, no one cares about that. No one uses that. And like, they, they had this thing like over the summer where they were just giving away like 30 games in 30 days. And so it would like be this really easy way to build up your library on this Twitch thing. And maybe you'll start using it afterwards. And no one does. No one even talks about it. So I, I, I still think Epic has this like really tough uphill battle to get to a point where it is even anywhere near like what steam is doing in terms of just overall raw numbers. Um, but that said, they're off to a good start. I mean, they have, they have my attention at least. So, although that's, I haven't installed the Epic launcher, uh, <laughs> like since I uninstalled it after like being done with Fortnite. So we'll see if I ever, like, I guess I'll do it for journey. So we'll see. I'll do that soon. Um, other news uh, that Crash Team Racing was confirmed. Do you have any love for Crash Team Racing, Mike? No, no. I mean, I'm kind of excited to go back to it, kind of just like with a lot of these remakes they're doing, because I didn't play a ton of it at the time. I was just playing Mario Kart. But I mean, a lot of people right. will kind of swear by it. Yeah, yeah a lot of people say fun. it's like one of the only other good kart, like mascot racer games. Um, and I, I had fun playing. I like I, One time I played it the most was like one of my first dates ever in high school. Oh, yeah. <laughs> like, Sounds like a hot yeah, date. Like, yeah, just like, yeah, we went into this basement and played crash team racing for a couple hours. And yeah, that was the date. Um, and it was fun. It's, it's fine. We were like, it was like an alternative cause we didn't have access to Mario Kart at that moment. So, uh, uh, I do remember thinking like, Oh yeah, this is pretty okay. And they are, they're remaking it. So it sounds like they're going to do like a lot of like sprucing up stuff and introducing new assets. And it's going to be like, look like a, it's going to look a lot like those, um, the crash games, but also like Spyro in that, Oh, this looks way like way. It's not like they just like sort of uprised anything. They remade everything in here. Um, and developer Binox is doing that. So that's coming soon. I think uh, one of the other big announcements of the night was this Nintendo Marvel Ultimate Alliance 3 thing. Um, yeah, which that's is, right. I also forgot about that. Yeah. So Nintendo is publishing Marvel Ultimate Alliance 3, which is the follow up to this like action RPG series. A series a lot of people just thought was dead, but apparently Nintendo's paying to get it made, and uh, Tecmo Koei and developer Team Ninja is actually making the game itself. So it's it's just really this weird thing that came out of nowhere. I love it. Like it's a perfect. I think it's a perfect thing for Switch, especially after playing um, Diablo and seeing how well that works. So like these kind of like you know top down RPG things are a good fit. Uh, it's gonna be so much fun. Yeah, and it's like one of those deals where you really feel like you get the the idea that like. Marvel games or Marvel entertainment. It's just like, let's just start talking to these companies that make good games and like, are, are like have an investment in ensuring that games are good and just work with them. And like, especially after seeing how well it worked out with Spider-Man, which of course this deal was probably put in place long before that, um, uh, or long before that game came out. Uh, but, but now it's just like, yeah, like they know that they can like get these games out there and work with companies like Sony and Nintendo. Um, probably avoid what is happening with star Wars and EA. They exactly. Make one yeah. blanket deal, and then it's kind of a uh, close the garbage. Right. Make a game by game deal where you're like you are finding the right partner for each game, and not letting just like one partner decide like what's best for them. Um, yes, exactly. And it, it makes me wonder if Microsoft can like make one of these deals for themselves because now they're like one of the only big three that doesn't have a Marvel game. So. That's true. Huh? Yeah, kind of figure that out, Phil. Um, hmm. Some other stuff uh, you mentioned: Mortal Kombat 11. They showed the Dragon Age 4 teaser, which was just like. Kind of strange. It was kind of nothing. Um, yeah. 
but it was just sort of a reminder, like it, I mean, it sort of just puts the game in the public record. So yeah, uh, if, it's like, a if quantity it, now. Yeah. If they cancel it, it's like, okay, well they have to like account for it. And it sort of feels like that was almost the whole point, but yeah, we'll see. Um, a Psychonauts 2 trailer. We knew the game was coming. It's coming in 2019 now. Um, and Supergiant. Uh, they revealed their new game, and that's going to the Epic Game Store. It's Hades, and it looks like this action um, roguelike game. It kind of looks like, yeah, like a roguelike version of Bastion. Their first. Yes. Yeah, and this is the developer that made Bastion and Transistor and stuff. Um, yeah, so I, I haven't checked that out yet, but... Uh, I will again once I finally install the Epic Game Store. Um, I think the last thing on my list here for the the Game Awards was uh, the Last Campfire, which is the the new game from No Man's Sky developer Hello Games, and it looks like it looks a lot like the Lost Winds games because it's made by the same people. Um, and for people that don't know, Lost Winds was like that series that came out on I think it started on the Wii. And it was like this 2D platformer with this character that could sort of just like float on the wind. Uh, yeah, I liked uh, Lost Winds. I remember that. I did too. Yeah, it was like this really, it was a really solid platformer, especially back then. Um, Last Campfire is, uh, it looks more top down and more of an action adventure game, stuff like that. But uh, it looks pretty good. And I'm into it. And, and they're calling it a uh, Hello Games short. Like a, and they said they did, they alluded to something like a Pixar short. And I'm like, that's what we're doing here. That's what this is supposed to be. It's supposed to be like this. This tiny experience made by mostly just by two people on our team, uh, and we're getting it out there. And like this, is like the sort of side thing that we could do while we're also always improving No Man's Sky, which is something they are still in the middle of doing. But yeah, that was uh, that's the Game Awards for the most part. Uh, uh, overall, I had a really good time watching the show. Did were you watching the whole thing, or did you like? Flip yeah, out no, I was watching it because well, we were covering it. it oh, that's right. Crazy, yeah, yeah. But, I mean, yeah, I enjoyed watching it. That was fun. Blacked it out. I was covering it. I don't know what you were doing. Apparently, <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I, I, but I was having a good time while doing that. It was, uh, it was pretty good. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, okay, so let's get into the rest of the news, though. Uh, story number three. This one, uh, we'll just we'll hit this really quick because it's just it's so strange. Starbreeze was raided uh, because, oh, yeah. and, and, so the developer itself isn't like implicated. It's just like a couple of, a couple of executives at the company are being. Um, accused of insider trading. Essentially, Starbreeze filed for bankruptcy protection or the equivalent of that in Sweden, uh, which I think is called restructuring or reconstruction, something like that. And uh, the 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 illusion here, the, the, what allegedly happened is, is people at the top of that company may have sold some stock without telling anybody that this was going to happen or that this was imminent, um, which is considered insider trading. trading. If you have special information and you act on that information without making it public first. Um, it's usually against the law in most countries. And it's a big old whoopsies. Yes. A big old whoopsie. So that's, that's no good. Um, especially when that company was just trying to get back on its feet after that really rough, uh, walking dead game, which I believe you played at E3 and called hot trash. I did not like it. No. Yeah. And, uh, that does not sound again, like you're alone in that. Uh, most people, uh, either didn't like it or just didn't care. And that seemed to really hurt that company. Um, well, I'm sure that story will develop later. We'll have more in the future. Um, story number four comes from China, where maybe they're going to start approving games again. They reviewed 20, uh, 20 games for potential sale in the country, and they rejected nine flat out. And then they told the other 11 to go make some changes to comply with the ethics standards of China. 
So still not approving games, uh, but they are now telling some games like, hey, we will approve you if you make these changes, it sounds like, or like you have to make these changes to get any chance of approval. It's it's confusing. The group that is doing this, um, I think it's called the Chinese Gaming Ethics uh, Committee, I think, something like that. And they are, it's completely new. It came out of nowhere. The first time anyone outside of the Chinese government heard about this is like when they made the announcement, announcement about these 20 games on uh, Chinese uh, uh, national television. So still very strange. Uh, uh, no game has been approved for sale or no new game has been approved for sale in China since March of this year. And just sounds like that freeze is going to continue for the foreseeable future. Um, sure. Sounds weird. Yeah. Just a very strange thing. And, and you know, you, you hear some analysts like uh, Nico partners, which is like a company that does a lot of stuff. They're like looking into China, especially about games. And they're like, Oh, this isn't that big a deal. They're going to come back and start approving games pretty soon. And the more and more you hear about it, more it just sounds like uh, this isn't just about like governmental reorganization, it, which is like the the reason that was cited a lot. Oh, like the 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 group that was supposed to oversee games is like changing around, and they're getting new leadership, and they're moving to a different department, and that's why no games are getting approved. But then this ethics committee is like, no, we're taking seriously like our concerns about the con- the content within these games. And we're going to ask developers to make changes based on that content. And it just sounds like the government's trying to crack down on games is what it it ends up kind of coming across as. So yes, very weird. Um, okay. Number five, I, uh, this one, I don't, I don't have a lot of details right here. So I'll have to look them up. Monster Hunter world. uh, I believe this is, it's getting a, an expansion and Geralt of Rivia from uh, Witcher three is a playable character. Geralt. 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 I don't, I, 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 I can't remember that character, how to say that character's name. It's a dumb name. It's a dumb name. You have a dumb name, Grub. (laughs) Okay, touche. (laughs) But then I should know a dumb name when I hear one. Um, Tell me, did you pay attention to this? You like Monster Hunter World, right? Yeah, uh, it's pretty good. I think this expansion, it's kind of coming out surprisingly, like, in a while. What was that date again? Uh, like I said, I, I don't have any of it here. I, I'm looking it's like later next year. It's like, yeah, it, it yeah. definitely seems like this was like uh, what would have been the equivalent of their Monster Hunter G or Monster Hunter Ultimate in the past, where it's like they make the new game and then they release what is essentially the expansion, but as a new separate game with like the G on the end. Um, but instead of doing that, they are just releasing this as an expansion for World. Um, so I, I guess maybe that's one of the reasons it's taking so long because they're used to having that sort of the time to to really make this into a separate thing. Um, and I wonder how that's going to work out for him. Like, I think a lot of people will want to go back, but I bet more people would have preferred or would have gone back if it was a completely separate thing or they would have made more money at least. I don't know. So I'll be interested to see how it goes, but, but you, are you interested in checking it out whenever it does come? Yeah. I think once it comes out, it'll be a good excuse to get back in there and try things out again. Yeah. And you're going to play as, um, as Jerry. Now on. Well, that's yeah, that's a whole separate. I mean, they've been doing these things too, right? These kind of right. Uh, they got Ryu or whatever. Ryu or whatever you say. Yeah, Ryu's in the game, right? I'm not just making yeah, it up. It's like a costume. Uh, I mean, the big one they had like a Final Fantasy crossover event. Right, and they have uh, what's her name um, from that game that I, I just completely I can't remember her name or the what's game. her name from that game? Right? Yeah, that PlayStation game. I can actually. Oh, Horizon Zero Dawn, a, a name that is. Come on. Co- What's that a thing? Pretty hard to remember. Alloy. Um, yeah. Uh, Aloy. Aloy. Yeah. God, Mike, you're embarrassing me. Jesus. Oh, I re- actually remember the name, to be clear. Yeah. Al- Alloy, which it is definitely not. Oh, um, God. <laughs> Are we fighting? 
yeah, we're fighting. And good, you know good. why? Because John Romero is summoning new demons and games. And right. it's just, it's like Ghostbusters 2. Everyone's getting angry about everything just because that's what John Romero does. Um, oh, he's gone Flip City. Sigil. Yes, exactly. Um, Sigil. This is like, okay, this is a really weird thing. Basically, he's making a uh, new episode a new level for doom and it's a bunch of it's a bunch of stages put together and he's going to release it for free and then you could also buy like a physical collector's edition uh and then get those the, the thing for free as well um so it just sounds like he's uh gonna make some money by making new stages for doom can't be, um, can't be too hard yeah i guess not uh but I'm, I'm i'm interested to see what they're like uh but i just don't i don't have like a lot of high hopes that it's like going to be anything re- revelatory i think it's just gonna be like oh this is more doom but we'll see. I, think I don't that's know exactly what it'll be. Yeah, and again, it's this is called Sigil, and it's from John Romero. Um, finally, last story here, the last one I have: Panzer Dragoon remake and uh, Panzer Dragoon Two Zwi Zwi. How do you say this one? Zwi. Yeah, it's Zwei? German for two. Uh, Zwi remake uh, were announced, and they are coming. Uh, these are like on rails shooters uh, where you ride a dragon and stuff from Sega. Um, beloved games and oh, sweet like games. They, yeah, both came out for the Saturn, right? And then they came out with Warcraft for Dreamcast and then Xbox. Um, yeah, that, so that's it's very exciting. Um, but boy, I still wish Dragon Panzer Dragon Saga would get a chance to get remade. But I mean, you know, it might be on the might be on the horizon. You hope so, but like the story behind that one is always they lost the um, lost or deleted the source code. So apparently it would be like next to impossible to do that. I hope that's not true, but that's like the story that always gets thrown around about Panzer Dragon Saga. So hopefully they figure that out or come up with some method to fix that, to, to make that game again and just release it on the switch. Cause that would be awesome. Um, but I'll play these games. Sure. Why not? Yes. Um, yeah, I think that does it. That's, that's all the news, all the games. Uh, God. Yeah. It's, it's been a crazy December. A lot of stuff happening. It really has been, huh? Yeah, but uh, I guess what we'll have to do now is kind of just say goodbye to everyone until next week. Next week we are, we'll probably record an, a normal episode, but we're also going to be recording some of our game of the year stuff. Oh really? Um, Jesus, yeah, yeah. yeah we'll have to kind of, we'll, yeah, we'll have to see how that works. We'll, we'll, we'll record the normal episode later in the week, so this one's going to go up on Wednesday. Uh, probably check back check back next week on Friday for our normal episode. Um, and then the week after that is Christmas week and we should have a, a couple of episodes going up throughout that week. Um, sort of recapping how we felt about the year and things like that. And then our, our game of the year list itself. Um, okay, Mike, why don't you tell everybody where they can find you on the internet? You can find me on Twitter as Tolkoto, T-O-L-K-O-T-O. I'm also, uh, I, uh, always writing for games beat. So I keep going there, checking out my stuff. And I am also the exploding barrel podcast. At ebpodcast.com. And I am Jeff Grubb on Twitter. Um, hit me up there anytime. I am also on YouTube, youtube.com slash Jeffrey Grubb and twitch.tv slash Jeff Grubb, where I'll be streaming some. Uh, I'll probably be streaming some of my catch up games. I think I'll probably be streaming some uh, Ober Den and maybe some Dusk this week. Um, yeah, I think that's going to do it. Like I said, we'll be back next week. Until then, everyone have a good one and goodbye. Bye.